1: Welcome in to episode 305 of the Sources Say podcast, your go-to Kentucky basketball and recruiting podcast on the growing KSR podcast network. Very happy to be joined once again by the one and only
0: Sean Smith of Go Big Blue Country. Sean, how the heck are you? Fantastic. Jack Pilgrim, Kentucky takes care of business 2-0 in SEC play. Off to a good start there. And uh, a lot of good happening, and leading up to a, another big league game coming up later this week. But I'm excited to talk about what we've seen so far. So it
1: was everything I expected it to be: <laughs> a dreary, cold, nasty, wet, disgusting, snowy night. <laughs> Tuesday night in Lexington Rep Arena. I went into that arena driving from Lexington, uh, driving from Shelbyville to. Lexington. It was the wipers going crazy. The wind was pushing me back and forth between the uh, the lanes. The rain was going crazy. As I was pulling up to rep, I was like, this is going to be a game that by midway through the second half, we're all looking at each other going, damn, I just want to go home. I'm just ready for (laughs) this to be done with. And it could not have played more perfectly because the first half things were riding defense left a lot to be desired then in the second half it just felt like everything came to a screeching halt where there was a basically 10 minute stretch where Missouri didn't score a single basket and Kentucky couldn't extend anything beyond there's a that that stretch from it was like a 15 minute stretch where it stuck from a seven point lead to an 11 point lead and never wavered beyond that and then Kentucky closes out the 13 point win I I knew it. I felt it in my bones that it was going to be that type of game. But guess what? That's all that mattered. All all that mattered at the end of the day was you avoid a hangover. Don't let it go to overtime. Don't risk a quad three loss, a midweek quad three loss. Just win the damn game and move on to College Station on Saturday. That's all I cared about. And I I appreciate that they were able to cover at the end that it was a double-digit grind it out, just let this thing end and move move on type of game. And it played exactly to the script.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's different in league play. You, you get familiarity with your opponent. You get coaches that have scouted you and kind of know some things that you do. They've watched a ton of game film on you. They they follow you uh, with it being league play and, and every single night is a challenge. You're seeing that tonight with Tennessee and Mississippi state with what, who knows what, that final score will be by the time we wrap up this episode, but that's a Tennessee team that was down 13 at the half and struggling to score, struggling to defend. It's it's league play. You're going to have games, and there's going to be upsets, so just win them. And Kentucky's won its first two. It grinded out a tough road win against a good Florida team Saturday. It faced a desperate team last night, and it's going to face another desperate team this weekend. That is league play. When you get to this point in the season – Everyone is desperate. They're desperate to kind of build a resume. Some of these teams that have not performed well in the non-conference, when they go to Rupp Arena, they're thinking that's a marquee win. It's a good Kentucky team, top five, top six in the country. It's a step in the right direction if you can get it. Kentucky, it, it was one of those games, Jack, that when you followed it, you're like, God, this thing is its not being put away, but at no point did you feel like Kentucky was any really in danger of losing it. And it stayed between seven and 11 points the entire time in the second half. Kentucky closes it out. Rob Dillingham showed up. If he didn't have the foul trouble, he probably goes for even more than what he already did. But Kentucky's consistency, it's that word that you asked me what I was looking for. I got it again, and I got it from a different place. Not only do they have balance in scoring, not only do they have balance in assist, balance in rebounding throughout the season, you also have balance in playmaking ability. It's been so many different guys making plays. They have balance in that area. Not a lot of teams do.
1: How hilarious is it that we leave that game saying, eh, ho-hum, average, mediocre performance for Kentucky, and they score 90 points in a regulation game where five players finish in double figures, two of them having 20-plus. Rob Dillingham going for a career-high 23 points, team still shooting 50% from the field. Like... That is kind of the expectation that we should have for this team, where if they are even mediocre on the defensive end, they do not have to be great. We have stressed that till we're blue in the face. They do not have to be great defensively. But if they are even okay, everything else should take care of itself offensively because even on an average, mediocre, however you want to call it, type of offensive night, They're still putting up 90 points in a game where five guys are going in double figures back-to-back for the first time since 1955, (laughs) 1956, John. That is the most insane stat to me, that they were able to replicate something in back-to-back games to start SEC play that has not been done
0: since 55. I mean, that's what this team's offensive power is. And, And it's happening. And those stats that you're talking about, first time since, first time since this year, that has happened a lot. This season, like we've ever, I feel like every time that me and you get on this show, we're talking about something that they've not done offensively in 30 plus years. And some, like you said, even further back, that's consistently happening, which, you know, now you're, you're kind of in a territory that's, that's different. That's elite. And it's different guys doing it. I mean, you've had, how many guys now have won an sec player of the week award after, after Bradshaw, like it's what five, like, It's just so that balance and that consistency that I'm talking about, it's all across every statistical category with this team. And they just continue to show up. It is somebody different every single night. And that's – and a lot of it with the backcourt. Like, we've talked about DJ's moments. We've talked about Reed's moments. Like, Reed didn't score the ball last night. Still steady. It was Rob's turn to score the ball. Antonio Reeves didn't have the games that he'd had leading up to this but he was still efficient even though he didn't hit a three. Like, it wasn't one of those crazy nights where he took 16, 17 shots to get the double figures. He got to the free throw line, made some free throws. Like, you're seeing everyone become the best version of themselves, but you're seeing some guys really take steps forward too. Trey Mitchell just continues to play the best basketball he's played in his collegiate career. I mean, double-double after double-double. They got him going early last night with some action to get a couple of threes. When he's doing that to start games and you're the opposing head coach, you're like, all right, now we already got to worry about these guys in space, and they're continuing to space us out now on the interior with guys that can stretch you out and shoot it. When you get that going early, it's a completely different element that you have to worry about with Kentucky because you got so many guys that can get downhill. We I mean we'll we'll talk
1: offense till the you know the 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 cows come home, but defensively, I liked Some of the things that we saw from them in the second half, obviously uh, some of it boils down to missed shots on Missouri's side, but to for them to go 13 straight misses in a span of nine minutes and 40 seconds, basically from the 10-minute mark down to the 40-second mark, Kentucky didn't allow a single field goal. And I thought re-watching the game, I thought a lot of it was effort and just kind of – focus like it, it wasn't anything personnel wise it wasn't anything schematically that had changed i thought there was just a new heightened level of concentration that we didn't see in the first half where it wasn't just kind of a back and forth track meet where it's going to be 105-96 final like it, you 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 kentucky pulled together some defensive stops that i don't think we've seen too often um and you know allowing the non shooters to get the clean looks not allowing the stars of the show to get the, to get the looks like we've seen not n- no straight line drives like we had seen they, they were just little piecing together little stuff again not perfect not great even but just enough to you know hold things steady while the offense kind of runs the show like that that's all that matters Just give them a chance to finish the job for you. Don't, you know, you don't have to be elite in both categories. Just hold down the fort to let the offensive guys do their thing and everything else will, else will kind of fall into place. So I I wish that we had seen it extend further than 13 points, but you started to see things kind of piece together a little bit more. And if you you take away some of the ridiculous free throws and foul calls in the second half, I think we probably would have seen a, a, a 20 plus point win.
0: That, that's what I was going to get into was the, the free throw line. So Missouri's second-half numbers, they were 9 of 30 shooting from the field for 30%. 2 of 15 from 3 for 13%, but 15 of 16 at the free throw line. So if you take out the free throw line, Kentucky was great defensively in the second half. A lot of that stuff, too, in the game was like in, in, in half-court possessions. Like I thought that they guarded the half-court very, very well. This is a team, Jack, that you mentioned, and we've talked about this a ton, They're so elite offensively, the things that they do, the way they come at you from different, different positions, from the three point line, from the paint in transition, they're going to put up points. I don't know if this team ever reaches an elite defensive category, but I think they're going to be more than good enough to get it done and go on a deep run and compete for a national championship just because the offense is so elite that the defense just has to get close. If it's close enough, This is a team that I think can overcome it because I really, truly believe that this is a team that can outscore you. And I don't know if some of these teams can keep up with what Kentucky's doing offensively. I'm not really worried about an off night. The reason I'm not is there's so many guys that can do it that the chances of all these guys being off on the same night, what are they? I mean, if that happens, then you kind of just have to chalk it up and just say, wow, it just wasn't in our favor, but. This is a team that I do think will take steps towards getting better defensively. They did that in the final 20 last night. Now you want to see it carry over going into the weekend. I I found a stat
1: doing that of how likely is it for these guys, for these guys to have an off night. Uh, so Dennis Gates called Antonio Reeves the heart and soul of the Kentucky team, which I thought was an interesting quote because – you don't really see that but he said from his perspective on the opposing bench that he saw the con- connectivity between Antonio and Rob and some of the other guys that even though he only had nine field goal attempts in in the game he saw all the other stuff kind of play uh p- play into Antonio Rees favorite you know just as a teammate and, and said that that stood out to him where he was sitting but would you would it blow your mind to know that he So he did not make a, a three-pointer? That is the first time he has not made a three-pointer since last February. He's only done it six different games since he arrived in Lexington. And he's only done it 25 times over the course of his entire five-year basketball career. 135 games. He's only failed to make a single three-pointer in 25 of those. So I, I counted all of the makes versus misses. There is a better chance of Antonio Reeves hitting three three-pointers in any single game. He had 42 overall of his, uh, it, he had 42 games of three makes in 137 games total. So it was like 30.6% than finishing with zero, 18.2%. So he's more likely to go out and hit a trio of three-pointers than zero three-pointers, which is just fascinating. But it does kind of tell the story that even in a night where Antonio Reeves kind of does something unprecedented for him because of yeah. where his expectation is as a pure shooter and scorer, you still have five dudes that finish in double figures and two of them having 20-plus, Rob Dillingham going for the most efficient
0: 20 in his lifetime. Like, yeah, seven shots. It, it, it's insanity. It is. And one more note on Reeves, and this is to praise him. There's been a lot of talk since he's been at Kentucky Jack that when he didn't hit threes, there it wasn't a good night for him. And a lot of times, too, it, he was kind of chasing it, but he had to. They just didn't have other guys last year that could knock down shots. How about this? He gets to 14 points. He's 3 of 9. Yes, he's 0 of 5 from 3, but he's 8 of 8 at the free throw line. He also finished with 6 rebounds an area that he has continued to improve on this season is rebounding. He still contributed to the team and to winning, and he didn't have to go shoot 16, 17, 18 shots. He still got double figures and had a a pretty solid night, even without knocking down a three. But you get three made threes from Rob Dillingham. You get one from Reed Shepard. You get two early ones from Trey Mitchell. That's where Kentucky's built to overcome an off-shooting knock from the three-point line from Antonio Reeves this year. Is there's other guys that can step in and and kind of make up some of that. That's what makes Kentucky really hard to beat. You just had a dude since the Louisville game just cooking in Antonio. And then here comes Rob last night. Who is it Saturday on the road in College Station? It's been somebody, it's somebody different or a combination of different guys every single game. That makes Kentucky, I keep saying it, it makes them so hard to scout, it makes them so hard to game plan for. It makes them dangerous, and they have the ability to overcome a lot of things that are thrown at them just because of that. Because I still to this to this day just don't know if you're a college if you're one of these college coaches, what all do you try to take away? Who is who are you trying to take away? I still think Trey Mitchell's the most important piece because of his IQ, his ability to short roll and, and pick and pop and things. He sees the floor so well without the, having the ball in his hands. That he puts Kentucky in, in, in con- continuous, continuously good spots offensively. He's important, and you're seeing it because he played 40 minutes last night. Now, Which, yeah, that's gotta get that's, that's got to be. You cannot get into his legs and have him have tired legs by the time March comes here. You you need to settle that into 33 minutes if you can, 32 minutes. Maybe if you need him a little more on on a certain night, he can't play 40. But when you get into that NCAA tournament, that guy ain't coming out of the game. That final stretch of the season, he's playing every single minute unless there's foul trouble or something else. Like, that is Kentucky's important piece. But they have so much around on Jack that I just think that the way this team's connected offensively, the sky's the limit for what they want to do.
1: And how about John Calipari kind of calling out Aaron Bradshaw in a way that I don't think we've seen in a while uh, in terms of just an individual criticism where – in the Florida game, in those first thirty-one minutes of just the travesty, I mean, that just was not going well for Aaron at all. Uh, he goes to the bench, and Cal says that Aaron asks him why he's getting taken out of the game, and Cal kind of looked at him and said, "Buddy, this ain't peach jam. This is not Augusta, Georgia. If I tell you you're sitting, it means that there's a reason for it. I don't, I don't just do this for the sake of doing it." I'm not an AAU coach. You don't talk to me like that. And that was the first time I think we've heard something like that come out of this team because you know it's it's been just happy-go-lucky, everybody just cheerleading and and hooping and hollering on the bench, and everything's just so happy. This was the first—I don't want to say adversity or like speed bump, but the first time we had ever heard kind of a pushback to that. And I appreciate that Cal was willing to put that out there and kind of call Aaron Bradshaw out in that way and say, I did that. And look at how he responded. I didn't give up on him. I didn't say you're sitting your ass on the bench and you're done for the rest of the day. I am willing to take another chance on you, but understand where I'm coming from. I don't need to explain myself. He comes in and wins the game for Kentucky against Florida. And then he follows that back up with, in my opinion probably the most active he's been outside of just scoring like yeah he went for 10 points on 5 of 9 shooting but i thought he did a lot of really really nice things defensively rebounding the ball 6 6 boards like that's the kind of effort that you need out of Aaron Bradshaw again i don't think we ever need to see a you know ridiculous all around offensive effort for, from Aaron ever You just need him to kind of be the complimentary piece while Trey Mitchell is that guy. And like we've talked about, when you have five different guys scoring in double figures, you can afford Aaron Bradshaw to be a 10-point guy. You don't need him to be 20-point. I I love the way this team is responding to adversity. Like I said, it would have been so easy in that environment coming off of such a high-profile, emotionally invested game down in Gainesville, where they knew they had to win that one. Quad one opportunity on the road, SEC opener. They had to get that one. And then you have College Station next weekend, Texas A&M, another quad one game, building resume in their head. You know, that's a team that could win the SEC. It would have been so easy for this team to look overlook Mm -hmm. Missouri and just say, eh, they stink. They're eight and six, whatever. They have no talent. Buddy, and I'm here to tell you, I I don't want to be rude, but – It looks like that Dennis Gates went to the nearest LA fitness in Lexington and handpicked five dudes on the Sunday morning run and said, all right, you're my point guard, you're my center, you're my forward, let's ride. They did not look like they belong in the SEC. So even me looking at them, I said, oh, these guys are a joke. There's no way that, you know, (laughs) what, so it would have been easy for them to kind of have that mindset going in and have it become way closer than, but it never felt like this was even remotely a challenge. I didn't not, I didn't one time watching that game from start to finish think, Oh shoot, we might be on upset alert. Like no. they were in control from whether, what regardless of the score, they were in control from start to finish. And that's kind of all you ask for in that type of environment and that type of game.
0: Yep. And, and you mentioned, you know, Bradshaw and, and Florida and stuff. How about him bouncing back and, and having the plays that he made down the stretch to, to close that one out? And then and, and that's that's something you're gonna have at, at moments within teams, but the John Calipari addresses it once and A B responds. And and that's the thing. Like Kentucky showed for a couple of months that it could win basketball games without Aaron Bradshaw. That was probably one of like the the biggest things that you, you can have happen because then then Aaron has to realize, like, hey, like this team played and won without me. I need to be a part of this. Is it and 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 what is it with him? And to me, we still haven't seen the best version of him. And you're not going to probably until you start getting into February. He needs, I mean, he's not even got a month under him, right? Like he's not even been back full speed. So you want to see a few more weeks and let's see what he looks like. Is it is it blocking shots? Is it consistently grabbing more rebounds? Is it is it knocking down? open shots? Is it finishing dunks at the rim? Like there's still some areas where I see some rust on the offensive end that will eventually play its way out. And, and collectively together, just having seven footers. Now you're seeing what Kentucky can be. And it's a better version than what we saw when Kentucky played Kansas. And that was a pretty good version of Kentucky. The offense is still putting up points. The defense to me is continually taking steps forward in the right direction. I love where this team's at two games in. And I love that they're going on the road facing a team that is going to be in desperation mode. Every single night in this league right now, Jack, is preparing this team for an NCAA tournament run because they're going to – it's Kentucky. We know Cal says it all the time. You're, face, you're facing everyone's best shot because you're Kentucky. I said it the other day. It's even to another level now because you're Kentucky good again. You're what Kentucky basketball is supposed to be but you're also facing teams that I think are very good basketball teams that are trying to play its way in. You know Texas A&M is looking to kind of get right on Saturday. That's Kentucky's going into a really really wild atmosphere because A&M might be hanging their SEC season on what happens Saturday. What did you think of Jimmy Dykes calling Nick Honor
1: a fire hydrant? <laughs>
0: I love Jimmy. <laughs> I
1: mean, I, there were some shots that my my guy was taking where I was like, buddy, this is not Sunday morning run. What are you doing? You are in the middle of Rupp Arena trying to win an SEC game and a must win for your team. Like, they are 8-6 and six in desperation mode on their end. And my guy is heaving. Like, just launching air balls and bonking threes I'm like buddy all power to you man i i I applaud the effort it it was just when you have Raymond felton at point guard and Bill Walton at center it just it was just. I, I couldn't. I couldn't say it. Just they were a very unserious looking basketball team, and it kind of made it tough for me to take them seriously. Bless their hearts. Like I think that's the best way to to say it. Like when you're trying to not be rude, but just bless their hearts, man. Because it, you know, I, I'm I'm glad that we can look past Missouri now and just kind of accept that game for what it was, and now look forward to
0: the the real competition. But it just. Man, that it's, that that just—I mean, my well. times have changed, right? I, I remember that Missouri game a year ago being one of the ugliest nights I'd seen in Kentucky basketball in a while, on the road in Columbia. So, fast forward a little over a year because I think that was a late December game a year ago. Kentucky's two and in league play, like you said, they avoided a quad three, and not avoided because I—I never felt like Kentucky's going to lose that game. I, I think even early, I mean, they come out scoring the ball at an impressive clip last night. I mean, they're like, with like 15 minutes to go in the first half, I think they was already at 20 points and just continued to score the ball. Now they did have a stretch there in the first half where I think they were like three of 13 or something over the course of a few minutes. and, And they, and they still scored 90 points against the league team. So this team just scores at will. And on the other side of this, Jack, your opponent, you have you feel like you're having to to score the ball every single time Kentucky scores it because you feel like you have to keep pace because a bad four or five-minute stretch against Kentucky can bury you. We haven't seen that in Lexington in a while. Like, even the early teams of John Calipari, they they could score, but it was more known for the defensive end of the floor, how they would lock you up and get stops consecutively. If this team ever starts doing that, that's when you're going to start seeing Kentucky blowing out teams in league play is if they can start getting kills and getting three stops in a row and then score the ball at the clip that they do now. That's when Kentucky becomes really, really scary. Good is when they, and that's like, I'm saying that you don't have to become elite to do that defensively. You just got to have those pockets in within your game within 40 minutes where you have those defensive stops, but continue to score the ball. And that's where you get some separation and run and that's going to be the key against some of these good league teams, especially on the road. Score update. UCF
1: is beating number three Kansas uh, with 12 minutes to go in the second half. Tennessee is down 58-55 now with 8.45 to go, and I believe I saw somewhere that Louisville is beating
0: Miami right now, which, good. We don't great. want that. Come on, man. We don't. No, we don't. Miami's it, at 38 in the net right now. That is – that is climbing towards a quad one win. So, if you're, if you're, you definitely don't want, well, I don't know if anyone in this show wants Louisville to win if you're a Kentucky fan, but you want to pull for Miami. I do. I, 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 well, I, not
1: in, not in this the, the, reverse that. I, I need Miami to win this. I, yes, I don't that's, all, that's what I'm trying I to say. I don't know what I was saying. <laughs> I, yeah. i about uh, to say, hold on a second. What? No, I, I, n- nothing in my, crap they're up 66 61 now like i feel like we're live live breaking down this game but yeah that's
0: that's not not good at all um is, it, is, couple this, couple people, steven, is this our steven peak in the comments as opposed to, to who to be, else it, well i mean there might be another steven peak i don't know how steven is that you
1: of course he's giving steven.
0: us he's giving us tennessee updates Louisville update, that, yeah that's steven that's got to be steven
1: yeah absolutely absolutely dude Let me tell you, Steven had an all-timer at Rup Arena that you missed when we were uh, getting ready to do our rapid reaction. My guy was seething about the parking situation at Rup Arena. It was an all-time like I love having Steven come on this show and just vent for five minutes because like he he has stuff in his Inner gut that nobody else has as a passionate Kentucky basketball fan. So I sometimes need that in my life to just kind of like take me because sometimes I feel like I'm passionate as a Kentucky fan and sometimes I just need to get taken off the ledge a little bit. And he's the guy that usually pushes me off the ledge because he's jumping up on it to like (laughs) he's kicking me off the ledge so he could jump back on it. So his latest adventure was talking about the parking situation where it's now $28 to park at Rep Arena, which Insanity. Like I've never even gone to a venue where they make you pay for parking, and now it's 28 whole American dollars to park and walk 38 steps across the street to Rip Arena. It's insanity. I don't don't understand it, and I appreciate that Steven can say all the unfiltered things that I don't want to say publicly. He he does it for me, and I I wish we had gotten that recorded because it was an all-time Steven rant that I wish... I do wish that he'd sit on the on used all that that built up energy for this show. Give, give him five minutes and it'll be in the
0: chat. <laughs> he's, he's it's easier. <laughs> yeah, it's already going, Stephen, because I don't see any comments from him in the last uh the last couple there. So he's, he's, he's said, definitely he's, getting
1: it together. He said therapy is expensive and this is free. <laughs> there, there you I go. Love, um, I love Stephen. A couple people asking about Ado Thero updates. I get it, like. I know general soreness is a general soreness in your backside to hear and to try to accept and tell your friends about why Adu Thero is out of the game. Like I know that you want Cal to be more transparent in the sense of saying yeah, his back has been a little sore and he did that say that post game. Like I do want to give him credit. He did say afterward that it, it is a back issue and it has been pretty loudly confirmed about that, but the official announcement and statement from UK is general soreness and it has led to quite the tizzy from Kentucky fans. Um, I would have loved to have had him back for the Florida game, just was not ready. I was told that um, was not, you know, trending in the right direction, just not there yet. I thought if he was going to miss a Florida game he was very very likely to miss the Missouri game and now the watch continues cuz yeah. I had heard some mixed reviews that it wouldn't be a game probably a couple of games before we see him but nothing you know nothing long term like they I had several people c- clarify with me and say this is not a big deal do not be dramatic about the long term effects of Adu Thero's absence. He will be fine. He's trending in the right direction. He just needs a minute. Like he's he just he needs a second. So, uh, what do you think of Adu Thero's absence, and when do you think we kind of are getting to the point where you need him back in the lineup?
0: I'm with you that it if he missed Florida, it didn't make sense kind of to, to bring him back against Missouri because I, I thought Kentucky would be fine in that matchup. I would love to have him on the road at Texas AM in a road environment, that his toughness and the things that he does, kind of the, 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 the dirty work that Kentucky needs. A guy that will go in there and stick his nose and rebound, defend, and just kind of do those things all in one. Like Kentucky's Swiss Army knife is kind of what you can compare him to. Like he just does a lot of things very, very well that some other guys don't do. And you start talking depth and stuff. A, a guy that can defend with some strength, I don't know – I still think Kentucky can go to College Station and, and win that game, but you want all your, your guys healthy here pretty pretty soon because there's going to be an a do the Arrow game or two in league play to where he's going to play a lot of minutes on a night where Kentucky just needs some toughness, especially on the road against some of these league teams. So I don't want it to go – I don't want to be on next week's episode after a recap right. if he doesn't play in but I don't want to be here a week from now. Still wondering and waiting because then you're talking a couple weeks off, and then you got an adjustment period and a time period there where you got to work him back in, and and Kentucky kind of settling in on a rotation. Somebody's minutes will have to shuffle when he comes back because he he will play. Like Adu has been a guy that has showed up in the biggest games for Kentucky against Kansas, against Carolina, against Miami. The biggest moments is when Adu has shined. That's the guy I want when it's NCAA tournament time. Like, if you got a guy that performs when the lights are the brightest and he consistently does it, you need him. And Kentucky needs his toughness.
1: And I appreciate that they are hitting pause on him because back spasms are nothing to mess around with. And that is something on the flip side. If you fight through for him to play against Missouri – then what happens when we're playing in the NCAA tournament or even SEC tournament in game, you know, win or go home scenarios. What happens then where it flares back up and then poof a dude's out. Like that is somebody that can go win you an NCAA tournament game. Like that is what a dude zero is to this team. As we, I mean, look what he almost did against Kansas. Like he is that in shoot North Carolina. He went in and made some big, big, big plays. So I'm glad that they have decided collectively to say something's not right. He's feeling off that it's, it's acting up. Let's just give him some space and some time and let this, let's get this right. I,
0: I guess the only thing that worries me and we were talking about it earlier is, is Trey playing so much because we've talked about Trey playing. Trey has played a lot of minutes already this season. He had to play a ton as an undersized five for about a month and a half, just beating and banging. I'm talking with with Hunter Dickinson and and some really good big men in college basketball. I just don't want to see his legs wear down because if a dude's healthy, he can buy some minutes at that spot to give Trey a break alongside Bradshaw. Now, right now, I don't want to see Ugo and AB together. So if you you want to give Trey a break, maybe it's Justin sliding in at that four spot and playing. If it's just a couple of minutes... I think that's my only fear if if this kind of lingers with a do is having to play Trey 38-plus minutes every single night in league play. You just cannot do it. It's a grind. You've got to get those minutes cut down. That's like Kentucky's backcourt right now. Yeah, you can have a guy like DJ play 34, 35, 36 minutes on a certain night, but you want to kind of see those come down too. I just don't want to see anyone's legs go – between now and in SEC tournament play and NCAA tournament play. I'm, I'm hoping Kentucky stays fresh and healthy. That's why they need all their pieces. But Adu could certainly buy some minutes and, and then you can get you get rebounding. But the way Trey's rebounding the ball right now, like he's that's stuff that we we didn't see early in the season from him. Like he is really coming on strong with some double doubles here, playing the best basketball. But if you have a healthy Adu Thierro, you you've got some size and some strength there and some toughness that you can afford to give Trey a break when, when a B is in the game. And
1: this is where the Justin Edwards conversation starts. Yep. Um, I thought we were close. I, I really thought Cal very clearly started playing through him and made a very clear concentrated effort to get him going in the second half early in the second half. He got, a couple quick ones and you kind of started seeing things turn and then he dips again and for the first time and this concerns me he misses that 3 and it hits off the back of the backboard and from the from the left corner and he gets taken out of the game and i see him visibly emotion on uh, emotional on the bench kind of puts his towel over his head very clearly not in the right frame of mind to respond from to, to something like that and to o- overcome something like that. So now we're getting to that point of, at what point is the breakthrough? If it, if, if, if what point do we hit where the breakthrough breakthrough just never happens? Like yeah. what is the game? What is the moment for him? And I was really concerned watching it unfold that that missed three going to the bench and getting in his his own little cave, his own little, yeah. you know, his own mind, I was worried that that was it. So I liked that Cal immediately responded and said, nope, getting out of that dark place. We're going to feed you. We're going to work you through this. And he got a couple quick ones. And, you know, I, I don't think he hit rock bottom there, but we're teetering. And it's it it does concern me, Sean, that you can say all the right things. J- Cal said, you know, went on a whole tangent about, you know, I know he's close, I can feel it, I'm never going to give up on him, I believe in him. But the kid has to believe in that too. You can't have everybody else around you saying, Justin, you're him, you're going to make this happen. I, pro- J- Justin, just believe in yourself, believe, believe, believe. At some point, it's all in. It's it's between the ears. It's a, you have to do it for yourself. The coaches and your teammates can't do it for you. It is put up or shut up time for Justin, Justin Edwards. And, you know, something's got to give somewhere. I'm, yeah. uh, we're officially getting to the point of concern.
0: And, and you're running into a, a period here where he, he's still in the starting lineup. If if he's not in that lineup, what does it do to confidence in things? And I think that that's why you're seeing Cal do the public, you know, sticking by him. I know he's close. I know he's close because he's trying to build that confidence at some point, Justin has to build his own. And that's with every single guy in this program. At some point you have to build your own confidence. And I I think, I mean, a lot of people said this, Cal said, if you build your own, nobody can take it away. And I say that to my guys all the time, you build your own and and you're in charge of it. You're in control of it. Don't let someone take it away. But with a do when he's back, I mean, Cal has some tough decisions to make because as you get into February, you want to be the best version of yourself. And that is from the opening tip to the final horn. And Cal will make the right decisions when it comes down to it. I hope Justin is able to be a part of that and play minutes in this rotation and make plays and going and trying to get him going and playing through him. That is something we have not seen Cal do this season with anyone on this roster. They just play. Every and that's why it's it's somebody different every single game. They're putting spots, and then one game it's Rob, one game it's Reed, one game it's DJ. That's because of the system and what is at play right now. They're just playing off one another. They're not really playing through people. The only guy that's really been played through has been Trey Mitchell, and facilitating form. Trying to get somebody going has not been what they've done this season, and I think that this is Cal's kind of effort at the end here to try to build something. But at some point, Justin's going to have to build his own, Jack, and I hope he does because they do need him. And with the due out, this is a chance they need him even more to buy some minutes, to, give, to be able to give Trey a break. The full quote
1: was, I want him to try to play through it. It's not what I'm saying. It's it's what he is saying to himself. What is the inner talk? You are not making every shot, so stop. If you miss, just keep playing and get back, uh, block a shot, defend. Him in transition, he is playing good. But in a month, you will all say, wow, this is what they were talking about. He is working really, really hard, but the stuff doesn't happen on our time or his time, it doesn't. Sometimes you have to go three months, four months, and all of a sudden you start breaking through and then you go. Most of the time they have to work work through if they are taking, like, I have to build their confidence, you're not going to be a player in that next league. So that's – I. it's a good quote. And I, I appreciate that he didn't make it a, it's got to be this next game. It's got to yeah. be the game after that. He just kind of said, in a month you guys are going to be – Saying this is what we dreamed of with yeah. Justin Edwards, and I believe I believe in his physical abilities to be that player. That's why before on the last show I said I'm calling my shot. Missouri is going to be the breakthrough moment because it does feel like he's just one moment away from you going, ah, there it is, there it is. Now we can focus on the other stuff. We don't have to sit there on pins and needles with every single shot that he takes. Going, please make this one. Come on, Justin, make like. You, I appreciate that he has people in his corner and people are rooting for his success, but he has to believe in his success. We can't will we can't will those shots into the basket for him. He has to do that with his own body of work and, and mental clarity.
0: Like that's what it boils down to. And, and Justin's not bad. Like that's the it thing. Never like, has it's been. just no. It's just the team and the pieces around him are so good. Like, if this were a team, and this is why Kentucky is in the position that it's in, and we're talking that they can win a national championship. Like, a year ago, you know, Chris Livingston struggled. And there were stretches where he, he really, really struggled. And it was kind of like, where does he fit? What, is, what does Chris need to do to, to do this? But there was room and flexibility to kind of play him through it because Kentucky had to have Chris Livingston on every single night. That's not the case right now. Kentucky can win games without Justin, which then in in turn kind of speeds up the process when you're looking at it, because there's so many guys that could go in there and play a a few extra minutes. You could give Reed some extra minutes. You could give Rob some extra minutes. If a dude's healthy, you could give him some extra minutes. In league play, the game doesn't slow down, Jack. It actually speeds up. This time of year, college basketball picks up the pace. It's two games a week. It's scouting report on top of scouting report. It's league play. It's road games. It's road trips, sometimes two in a week. It's tough to kind of get going this time of year if you're struggling. But on a team with so many weapons, the pressure's really not on Justin. That's why I think Cal is kind of just saying, like, it's not this game. Like I said, it's not the next game. I thought that was on my end. I don't know what that was. Now – when you, when you look at this thing, at some point, he is going to have a moment. And I fully believe that. He's going to have that moment where he wins Kentucky a basketball game. If it's in league play, if it's in the SEC tournament. I remember Hamadou Diallo having his moment in the NCAA tournament and Cal talking to us in a hallway in, in Boise, Idaho, about that's what we've been waiting for, with we'll Stem to kind of have his moment. Justin's going to have one of those at some point. He's a talented player. He's just got to find some confidence, but he's got to build it himself. And once he builds it, then he can build on it even more. And you know what? It's not necessarily making a jump shot. Or it's not scoring points. It's defending, grabbing some rebounds, making game-changing plays with some effort. It doesn't have to be putting the ball in the basket. It kind I mean –
1: When he, it felt like that breakthrough was coming in the second half last night, it felt like that it was coming on the defensive end and it was leading some of the, to the, some of the breakout stuff and the easy stuff. So like all it takes is just a bang, bang play here and there to just allow him to kind of just take off from there. So It's tough. It just feels like we're at that fork in the road where it could go. His Kentucky career could go one way or it could go another. And he has to decide himself which way it's going to go. And it, I mean, it, all it takes is himself just deciding that. And and I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for him. I know he's got it in him and and I know Cal clearly does too. And I appreciate that. um, You know, he, he has somebody to back, back him up on. we,
0: We did get a question in the chat a minute ago. It said, uh, from MC, do you think we should see more spurts of the small ball lineup with Trey at the five? I think so. I if really... he's going to
1: rebound the way that he is right now, yes. Where the double doubles that he's getting, as Cal said after the game, it's all motor. It's not. It is. You know, he's he's going up and rebounding in in traffic. He's he is throw putting his body on dudes and saying, "I'm the guy here." That's. The, I, I, I f- agree. I,
0: I think you can. I'm going to make a prediction right here about Trey Mitchell. He's going to be a late second-round NBA draft pick. He's already like 70 like, on like Jonathan Gavone's big board. Like, he is he's going already to be in the, the conversation. Yes, he is going to be the guy that transfers to Kentucky late in his career that ends up getting drafted. Like not signing a two-way or something – Late those guys and those guys are, are working out in the league. I'm talking, earns his way into the NBA draft and gets selected on draft night. And it's because of he's come to Kentucky and showcased things in his game that he never had the opportunity to do elsewhere. This is a guy that turned the basketball over more than he dished out assist over the course of his career and has come to Kentucky and has been a guy that they put the ball in his hands to initiate offense and playthrough. He's shooting the ball. At a good clip. His IQ, his post-up, the pace that he plays with, and now you're seeing a motor. That looks like a guy that can can go on that league and shoot 36, 37, 40% from the three-point line and and rebound and defend and play a 10-year NBA career. That's what it looks like to me. He transitions well to the NBA now with his skill set.
1: And I think that's what was so valuable about ugo and ab's struggles um the last couple of games where you know what you're going to get out of that lineup with trey and you have that level of confidence that we know what this team can be with that with those guys we got to figure out how to get ab going we got to figure out how to get ugo going but when push comes to shove if stuff gets ugly in march Cal, you know, like you remember when people talked about the Harrison twins and Cal kind of getting stuck in his ways down the stretch and tightening up and just kind of going to his comfort zone. Fans kind of used that against him and said, "Well, you know, you didn't utilize the better players; you utilize your your favorite guys because it was it was a comfort zone for you, and that was kind of a, a past criticism for him." But I feel like this season even that scenario would work in our favor because he has that sample size with Trey Mitchell as the five and the small, you know, the small ball lineup. He knows what that group looks like and he knows that they can compete with the best of the best with those guys. I feel like in a do or die game, it's going to get to the point where he goes, "Eh, I'm rolling with what I know is going to work. And I think that could be to our benefit. I I want us to be able to have that. I mean, Aaron Braster just won us the game down in Florida. So I'm yeah. not saying that's what I'm rooting for. I'm li- I like the path this is going with the bigs in the lineup, but I'm also comfortable with Cal's comfort zone this season too, which I there have been
0: years in the past where I have not been. So I I, I it, and, it's you know pick your poison. And listen, Bradshaw not being Bradshaw and Ugo not being able to play for a few months is exactly why I think Trey is going to get drafted. Because it forced Kentucky and Cal to have to do some things differently. Like, I'm still a firm believer that them being shorthanded in the summer gave John Calipari a chance to see what is happening right now be put into motion. Had that not been successful in Toronto, you may have not got the full-on philosophy change that what Cal's doing with this team. Now, I get it. The pieces fit what Cal's doing. But had it not looked good – John Calipari has done this a long time. He would have went back to some of those things he was comfortable with. I truly believe that the stuff that Kentucky's doing right now isn't stuff that Cal was really comfortable with when it first started. I think that there were definitely some conversations, and he had to see it in action, and he saw it. And to Cal's credit, he has stuck with it. And he has completely changed the way that that they do things. And let me tell you something. That is not easy to do for a guy that is in the Hall of Fame, has won a national championship, taken three programs to Final Fours. It is easy to be stuck in your ways and not do it. That's why I think this has been one of the best coaching jobs I've seen John Calipari do, because there's been a ton of pressure, Jack, on him and a ton of heat the last three years. And he stepped out, took a change in what they're doing. They're shooting more threes. They're playing open in offense, and they look good doing it. But Trey getting the freedom to do that is why you're seeing Trey be the version he is now. Trey Mitchell is a better player now than he was in November. And I didn't, that's really hard for seniors in college basketball to do, to become better versions of themselves. You don't see it much. Louisville's going to beat Miami.
1: (laughs) It is 80 to 71 with 30 seconds to go. But. On the flip side, Tennessee is down sixty nine, sixty three with a minute forty two left, and Kansas leads fifty seven, fifty five with three minutes to go. So we're going to try to like, as this go is the distance, because there have been a lot of questions in the chat about what the hell the top five is going to look like. Yeah.
0: come Put Monday. Up that AP so hole, Daniel, I've
1: been I've been trying to like prolong this as long as possible hoping that these freaking games would like <laughs> wrap up sooner rather than later but it feels like this Kansas one just will not ever die <laughs> but let's let's talk ooh uh, UCF just took retook the lead uh, with 3 minutes to go so let let's talk about that cuz there've been a lot of fans asking about um just what what that would look like on Monday you had yesterday Purdue, number one, going down, and then you had number two, undefeated, Houston, go down. If Tennessee loses at five, there is a very, very clear path into the top three, Sean? what, what, What do you think Monday will look like if, let's just call it, with two and a half minutes to go, Kansas goes down, Tennessee
0: goes down, Purdue and Houston have already gone down? I mean, Kentucky's a, a top three team for sure. If that happens, I mean, obviously UConn is sitting there, but they have a road matchup at, at Xavier coming up. So, like, that's I think that's tonight, right? They they play Xavier tonight. Is that is that already tipped or is that started? Um, because
1: that's that's one that could be a sneaky. It's twenty six nineteen right now. Ten minutes left in the first half. UConn with a lead. UConn leading. Yep. So tight so, game there. Yeah, it's,
0: it's tight. Yeah. And on the road, quad one game. But I mean, look, I, I know we've talked about this, but where Kentucky stands right now and, and more more importantly, seating and where they are. But it's it's been a while since we've been able to talk about Kentucky being at this point in the season in the polls. And and I do think that some fans care, <laughs> Steven. I do think that some fans care about the AP top 10. I think they care about having a number by their name, but this team is earning their spot and where they're at, but building a resume while doing it. But this has been a team that's kind of performed well under the radar, but we've also seen them go on the road as a top six team in the country and beat Florida in a wild environment. And, And it doesn't matter if Kentucky's number one or number 15 or number 25, each road game in the SEC is going to present a challenge, Jack. But if, if, this, if this all holds and Kansas goes down, Tennessee goes down, I mean, you're looking at if Kentucky takes care of business Saturday, I mean, you're making a case for number one, number two in the country, I think. And three quad one wins if they get another one. 61-57,
1: a minute 52 left UCF leading Kansas. And Mississippi State continues to lead. Where is that road- game? Is it UCF? Uh, I don't know I'm I'm looking at my list of box scores it is uh yeah Orlando that'd be huge that would be I mean that that would definitely knock them knock them down and Tennessee shouldn't have been in the top five to begin with so that is 70 72 69 52 seconds left
0: we got we got conference realignment taking Kansas to UCF in January. I love it. (laughs) It's a road game I never thought we'd see play at this point in the season or at any point in the season, honestly. So,
1: Sean, I wish we could live bet this. And if you are deciding to live bet this, understand that the NFL season is wrapping up. Join FanDuel, America's number one sports book. New customers get 150 in bonus bets guarantee when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 bucks if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over and unders, and more. Uh, visit FanDuel.com slash pilgrim. That is fanduel.com/pilgrim fanduel official partner of the NFL Sean we've been having a blast with this partnership with FanDuel and we're cooking up something very very fun this weekend for the Texas A&M game it's 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 unfortunate because the early games have not allowed us to build these parlays the way we have liked them um a- ahead of time to get them out to you guys so everybody can participate so the 12:30 tip off really kind of screwed us on uh the 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 florida game but we have the normal tip off Mm -hmm. on on saturday we're going to have this one ready to roll i am very very excited for this one sean i know you are as well
0: yeah uh I, i love when we uh put our our parlays together and uh as we we said we've we've had some success with those this season and uh we'll definitely have some exciting player props and stuff being put out by FanDuel as Kentucky goes to AM and then throughout league play. I mean, there's some big time SEC games and stuff coming up. 21 and older and
1: present in Kentucky first online real money wager only. Five dollar pregame money line wager required, ten dollar first deposit required, bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets, which expire seven days after receipt restrictions apply see terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem call one. 800 gambler and while we are awaiting the final minute of both of these matchups where it is freaking tied tennessee mississippi state tennessee mississippi state's choking this 72 72 and ucf oh okay 74 72 with 14 seconds left oh man this is good and then ucf is up 63 57 with 40 seconds left so we got ourselves uh an absolute barn burner this is this is this is fun so so i'll we... over if those go to overtime hell yeah we are we th- we, <laughs> we gotta we gotta we gotta close this thing out so while we await these final seconds don't ever be stressed about tickets ever again i'm telling you the rup arena atmosphere is as be- is as fun as i can remember in a very very long time it's an environment that you want to be a part of And if you are going to be a part of it, make sure you go with our friends at game time. You shouldn't have to worry when buying tickets. Now isn't the time for guesswork with killer last minute deals, all in prices, views from your seat and the best price guarantee game time does all of the hard work for you game time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts it's the place to find last minute tickets find exclusive flash deals and sponsor deals on tickets for football basketball baseball concerts comedy theater and more with zone deals you pick the section and game time picks the seats for an average of 18 percent savings and the game time guarantee means that you will always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section at row for less game time We'll credit you 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time Download Game Time app. Create an account and use code KSR for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Redeem code KSR for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. And I believe we are we're cooking. 72 seconds left. 74, 72. <laughs> Game. Final. Call it. Tennessee goes down. Get your butt out of the top five. Tennessee, (laughs) go kick rocks. Go away. Dang, Hunter Dickinson hit a three to make it a to make it a three point game with seventeen seconds
0: left. You're just you're giving. We need this. We
1: we need this. We need this. So give me your your real answer now that this is an actual realistic thing what does that top five look like on monday and where does kentucky fall
0: if yukon wins yes assuming yukon wins because I, I feel i feel Ken, good about that kentucky will be at two really climb that yeah i think they climb that far i mean how, i mean i don't see any reason why they wouldn't i mean purdue just lost i mean what was the final of that purdue game double digit loss right on the road that's yeah. two double digit road losses now I think. Yep, that was 88-72 against 13-3 and Nebraska. Ugly, very ugly. And and Kentucky's on a run here now. I know they had the loss of UNC Wilmington early December, but they've been on a run. They've beaten Carolina in that stretch. It was another team that's right there in the top. That is a team that uh, UConn did beat North Carolina, right? That is, I think, UConn. I think that's a mutual uh, opponent there. But I think number two, I think, is where they'd go. They, they didn't move in the polls this past week, but now you've got some some shuffling. You've got teams losing ahead of them. They're definitely going ahead of Tennessee. If they win Saturday, they'll be the highest ranked team from the league. So, trending in the right direction. But I, I would say, too, it's a I'm just worried that
1: these moron voters are going to say, well, it's, you know, the circumstances are different and the vernal equinox says that, but just shut up. No, move the teams where they belong in Tennessee never deserved to be in the top five to begin with. They are gone. Sayonara. See ya, Kansas. Goodbye. (laughs) You have no business being in there anyway. UCF stinks. Is this Goodbye.
0: Hold on. I'm looking. Is this Steven or is this Jack?
1: And Purdue, I mean, come on, man. It, it'll, let's call a space. The only one that I can justify and say, all right, well, they only have one loss. Houston. Houston's, their sample size is so good up to this point. Like I, You can afford a one-off for them. But you know what? Everybody else, they can kick rocks. I, I'm I'm over it. Kentucky deserves to, at minimum to be in the top three. At minimum, there's no excuse for them to not be in the top three. And I just need if there's 15 seconds left, can this game just freaking end? Like I'm I'm ready
0: to I'm ready to get this thing wrapped up. If if you open league play with a road win at Florida and then you go on and get another road win at Texas A&M and, and you're there's no reason not to play. Work. You're you're going to the top two, top three. You're definitely going to the top two in my opinion. I, I think that that's where. Kentucky goes. You you got a reward winning. Kentucky has has been on a run here. Now you got to go get Saturday first. Like you got to get that one. But it's you're starting to talk about a resume with Kentucky if they get another win on Saturday. You're talking three quad one wins, and and trending in the right direction. And I still think Kentucky. I mean, in position for a one seed if they have a good run in the league. Yes, they have a loss to UNC Wilmington. They can overcome that if they have a really good league. in in record in the league and and win some big games, especially those quad one games on the road. But there's going to be some nights where some of these teams play out of their mind. You just can't have any quad three losses. That's going to be the thing to avoid. No quad threes. 90. You're hanging on. You're literally, (laughs) are you actually watching this or just following it?
1: Following it. Goodbye. I think it's over. I think it's done. 65-60, 6560. Right? Can you confirm? It says end of second. You. It says it's it says end of second half. You can't hear me? I can't hear you. What? You can't hear me for real?
0: No. Well, that doesn't Thumb, make any thumbs sense. Thumbs up if they won. Or thumbs up if they lost. <laughs> Why can't you hear me?
1: Okay. They say everybody else says they can hear me. So you can kick rock Sean. All right. This has been way off the rail. It is what it is. All right. Let's go ahead and get out of here. I, this was fun. I I know we got a little goofy here at the very end. So uh, we'll be, we will be back on, let's see, Sunday after what we hope is another exciting victory over Texas A&M. Sean Smith, where can fans find your work? we're we're leaving i got you i got you now
0: i got you now where, there you where, are. Can fans, where can fans find your work uh you can follow me on twitter at gbb country
1: you can find me on twitter as well at jack Pilgrim ksr go subscribe to ksr plus where we talk about all this nonsense and more on the board it's a blast over there you do not want to miss out with that we'll be back on sunday for another jam pack social state podcast we will see you then